Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This is uh, Tommy Elliott and Ben Cohn, both at thefightsite.com, breaking down one of the greatest MMA fights of all time uh, in real time as the fight goes on, as you watch with us. And the fight is Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway 2. A truly epic clash, a rematch, uh, though one that sees both fighters in in very different form than their much earlier uh, fight when Max Holloway was 4-0 and Dustin Poirier was also fairly early in his career and also a weight class down at featherweight. Um, you know, I, I uh, wrote an article on this fight for thefightside.com. Hopefully you all have had a chance to read that. And I think a lot of those same themes will pop up here in this viewing, and I'm very interested to get Ben's take on it as well. Um, ben, do you want to add anything before we jump into this recording? Yeah, first of all, I'm glad I get to do this with you. Um, I don't think yeah, we've ever done anything MMA related together on an audio or video or whatever. Um, only BJJ, so this will be fun. Um, this fight gave me, when someone posted on Twitter, what fight gave you the most anxiety? And I think that this actually <laughs> was the fight that I had the most anxiety for. Um, I love Dustin Poirier. Um, he's yeah. my second, aside from the Bader thing, like honestly, <laughs> he actually is my favorite fighter. Um, aside from Ryan Bader, which is more of just like a, it's become kind of its own legend itself, but Poirier yeah. is genuinely my my second favorite fighter of uh, active today, and one of my favorite fighters of all time. Um, I wanted him to succeed and win that belt so badly, despite the fact that I'm also a huge Max Holloway fan. Sure. So um, this fight is one of my favorites of all time. The fact that it's only the number two fight of all time is kind of crazy. It shows how insane MMA can be at its best. Yeah, and you know, it, it really was a very dramatic fight. Um, yeah, it's just all action all the way through. And it was also one of those fights where, because of the way their styles matched up, um, it was always in doubt until the final bell what was going to happen. You know, the scorecards um, went pretty heavily for Poirier, but it, the fight was a lot closer than the scorecards indicated because if Max had been able to land just a few more shots in any of those rounds that he lost, he very well could have uh, could have turned the tide and ended up taking it on the on the judges' cards um, because it really was just a question of is Max going to land enough to outdo the power that Poirier is landing with in the middle of these exchanges. Um, and I, I think the decision was the right one. I do think Poirier deserved to win, but this it, it was an extremely close fight, and it would not have taken much to have thrown it one way or the other. Yeah, and that's honestly what you look for in these kind of just the, these legendary fights. I, I do not mm -hmm. hesitate to call it that. Like the, the there's something special about those how these fights play out, and it's the fact that you don't know until the end almost, right? Like, and I think that's actually kind of an exception to the, to the actual greatest fight of all time in, on our list, which we won't spoil, although I think if you guys follow <laughs> us, you know. Um, but there was a little bit of doubt when you hit that scorecards. I think that most people did feel that Dustin pulled it yeah. off. But um, yeah, I mean, with, I think we should, we should just jump into something yeah. truly special. Just enjoy it. Yeah. You know, to that point, I, I think there are, last thing I'll say before we, we jump in, I think there are great fights where one guy knows at some point that he's losing and he doesn't give up, right? Mm -hmm. He tries to do everything he can to come back. And that's where the drama comes from is, you know, can he pull it off? Can he pull off, you know, the KO he needs to make up for the rounds he lost or, or whatnot? But those fights do have a different sort of drama than one like this where it really is very, very close and 
you know, it's not a question of each guy knowing necessarily what they have to do to win because each have a reasonable case in their own minds for thinking that they've done enough. Um, and, and at that point, it really just comes down to, to will and to who you are as a fighter. Are you a guy who, if you think you have the lead, you're going to just try and sit on it? Or are you a maximalist, right? Who's just going to go for it. And both these guys just went for it the entire fight. So yeah, with that said, um, let's, let's jump in. So for anyone following along at home, we're at uh, 322. On the UFC Fight Pass app. Uh, on UFC Fight yeah. Pass, yep. So um, throughout the fight, we'll be giving you some timestamps at the end of the rounds for those who are going to be listening to audio only. Uh, but for those who are going to be following along, make sure that you subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, the $3 tier will get you access to be able to watch along with us. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Tons of great content. Definitely worth subscribing, especially if it's only 3 bucks. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready? I am. Count us in. So three, two, one, go. Man, it's kind of also crazy just how much Poirier filled out as a lightweight. And I know you pointed it out, but... Uh... Yeah. Well, he he's talked about having trouble making lightweight, which is insane, uh, considering he made featherweight for so long. But he looks so much healthier, so much more natural at this weight. Square bodies represent. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's all, it's, all in, it's all in his ass, thighs, and lats. I love it. Which, uh, as, every, as, as all true fans know, like, that's where your power comes from. Oh, yeah. I love the way he he got all of that rotation to his leg kick right there. Yeah, I mean, you could see how much it moved Holloway, and I think that's a consistent theme in this fight is, you know, Holloway hits Poirier a lot, and it, it affects him, but, like, when Poirier hits Holloway, it moves him physically. It throws him out of stance continually. I mean, look at that front kick. Like, mm -hmm. that knocked him back a few steps. It wasn't even that hard, but he's just much, much more powerful. I do think that if Max did get a third fight with Poirier, I don't think he'd make the uh, mistake of just not cutting weight. I think we might see him take some time to bulk up a, a tad because he's kind of soft here. He is a little bit. I agree. Though his body type, he's not usually coming into fights super ripped. That body work, man, if he'd just committed to that more. I wrote about this in the article mm -hmm. as well. Um, he had a lot of his most consistent success going to the body. That's important not only because it fatigues Poirier, but also because it pulls his guard down. Jesus. And Max did go to the body a lot, but it really let him... Uh, he, if he'd done it more, it would have made it harder for uh, for Dustin to headhunt. I mean, uh, for, for Max to just headhunt and for Dustin to just focus on defending the head. And that was a nice and look at this. This is like six or seven. It was, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you can also tell that this is... Max's demeanor in these exchanges, I think he was really, really urgent in trying to back Poirier off He here was. Because he, he felt was. that power immediately and was like, oh, goddamn. Yeah. yeah. I love that cross arm elbow, high elbow guard yeah. that he does there it is the that crawfish the guard yep <laughs> <laughs> the crawfish guard. that's what he called it in an interview <laughs> i love that somebody somebody called it a philly shell he's like no this this louisiana crawfish guard man poirier has such interesting punching mechanics I, I i it's not like super clean a lot of the time but he hits like a fucking like a truck well, he's a hooker, right? So, like, everything he's doing is rolling and coming up into hooks. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that his mechanics are bad. It's he just doesn't do straight punches. <laughs> I, don't he, I mean, look, how many of these punches are straight? Like, he just wants to hook with guys. Well, that's the funny part is that the first punch that he actually, like, really kind of hurt Max with was a straight left down the pipe. 
<laughs> he can throw it, but he just he's, he's a hooker. He's a born hooker. I love that he's literally walking squared up. Yeah, no, he does. Well, he knows he knows he's hurt. He's so like this is where I was actually screaming at the television. I remember watching this, just going, like, "Dustin, chill the fuck out, man." <laughs> like, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, it, to say it, you can see him getting tired as he's doing it. Oh yeah, and this is actually the most interesting thing about Dustin is that he doesn't have a limitless gas tank. It's just that oh, he not at all fight through being tired and get those resets that was a nice pull counter oh it was very nice and that's what i find most interesting about him is that as he ages that might kind of bite him a bit he'll have to kind of slow down i think but uh he's already aged i think he's near the end of his career i don't think he has too many fights left honestly i think he knows that too which is why he's just going for I, the connor fight again i i think that's right i don't think he wants to get a title and defend it i like how dustin's choosing to eat a bunch of these shots directly to the forehead while looking straight yeah at like he's that was a nice trip um, that was very nice little little sasai little foot block and it didn't matter it didn't actually really affect the fight all that much because he wasn't really able to get much going in the clinch after this round well it, it didn't but you know a, a consistent theme of this fight is just dustin interrupting max yeah. um, and preventing him from building his volume and you know, that was one instance. Mostly it's punches, but he did do it in the clinch. Though I, I, I mentioned in my article that Max actually does an excellent job throughout this fight of staying out of the clinch and maintaining punching range and not letting Dustin shut down his volume by um, getting into clinches where Dustin is the naturally bigger man is going to have an advantage. This was among the most confident Poirier's we've seen also. Oh, yeah. Um, well, he was getting the fight he wants, right? Yeah. He's basically just boxing. And that's... It, it's kind of annoying, though, because, like, he was lighting Max up with those leg kicks earlier, and I yeah, he hated was. that he stopped doing it, because when Poirier does dedicate himself to kicking, he can kick really well, at least the lower yeah. body. Um, that was a good shot. Yep. But whenever Dustin feels, I guess... I don't want to use the word safe, because it is Max Holloway, but when he feels like, yeah, I can eat these shots... Mm -hmm. He turns into a different fighter, I think. Goddamn, Max is absurdly tough. <laughs> so ridiculous. It, he really is stupid tough. Um, we also just finished the uh, first round. Yep. That's an arguable 10-8 round for Poirier. The only thing that kind of, like, gives you pause is just the fact that, one, he never dropped Max, and two, Max kind of did not drop him, technically. Um, I don't think they counted it as a knockdown, but... Max landed his own good shots too. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's ten eight, and I tend to be fairly liberal mm -hmm. in my uh, bestowing of ten eight rounds. But um, you know, as much as Poirier did hurt him, Max landed his own exactly. shots too. It was not, it was not a it was not a one sided round. Absolutely um, not. Even though Poirier absolutely got the better of the action. Everything Dustin throws, you can see that it's just it, it, yeah. it, it's so much more impact than anything Max can possibly land in three it, or it four is. turn shots. Well, and it makes it very hard for Max because you know Max is a guy who's used to being in exchanges as a featherweight, and is okay to take a shot in the middle of an exchange and just keep firing uh, because he knows how tough he is, right. and you know you've got a good chin at the highest levels. You know, people might think it's not technical enough, whatever that means, but. You've got a good chin. You can use it to to land your volume and get your shots off. Mm -hmm. But because Poirier is disrupting him and throwing him out of stance every time he's landing, Poirier's shots just shut off those exchanges and kill Max's ability to keep firing. 
Uh, we're also four minutes and 35 seconds in, uh, left in the second round. We just started round two, basically, if you're following along on audio. Um, Max has such good cage-cutting footwork. It's really impressive. And, and he's still having success in these exchanges, and that's the problem. Oh, absolutely. Like you he said, is. he keeps getting disrupted anytime he does have a success, right? Like, Poirier is getting backed up to the cage, and he's, yeah. he's pretty consistently. Like, his 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 footwork himself has always been an issue, and that's why he was so easily backed up by uh, Khabib and also yeah. by Eddie Alvarez, if you think about it. Um, yep. And Max just can't keep him there because of the power differential. Max is playing a lot of really nice open stance stuff here in terms of his, his footwork and what he's doing. He's throwing a lot of jabs and, and hooks as he's angling out to land his right straight. Mm-hmm. Um, he did it right there to the body. Yep. Um, and it's working well. Yeah. God, just need, He's landing to the body so consistently. I just wish he would have gone to that more. Yeah, he does get a little bit like, uh, as he chases Poria down, he really, really goes for the head, and he's not really having enough success there to justify it. He really should just keep that, going That's absolutely body. right. That's absolutely right. Because what he, what he does is when he gets into his longer exchanges, it's all to the head. Yeah. And he'll finish with a body shot. He'll punctuate with a body shot, but he needs to throw to the body more in combination. Um, yeah, right there. He just and these blitzes, yeah, shots. yeah. See, like there he threw one. But then there, he got there, caught with the right hook I mean, to, he's... The, to the head as he's throwing to the body, and I yeah. think that's well, that's a real risk, yeah. right? If you if you're fighting somebody who has a good check hook, it actually is riskier to go to the body. Now it's a little less true in the open stance situation because that check hook is coming um, to your non-power side. So mm-hmm. you know, in, in Holloway's case, he can keep that left hand up as he throws the right to the body, and nice. he's going to catch that check hook. Oh, that God, was a that gorgeous was counter left, and that's the that thing. Was so Corey nice. was also using his jab really nicely in this round to kind of like not he take was. time i would say take time off essentially just because he, even his jabs land with so much more impact than most of what max is able to throw back at him and yeah. anytime he closes distance he's going to throw that check right hook well i mean poirier's right handed right he fights as a southpaw but he is right handed so I, i'm pretty sure I i'm pretty sure he is southpaw. i'm pretty sure he's right handed um, this explains so much. It, it's funny, you know, you actually don't see him do it a lot in this fight, but in a lot of his fights, and he did this a lot against McGregor, a lot of his best shots he lands are actually shifting in the middle of combos and then landing like overhand rights. Um, I'm I'm 90% sure he's right-handed. I'm, I'm sure people will tell me if I'm wrong in uh, in the Discord, but I think he is, which is why his, his jab and his right hook are such potent weapons. Do you think that um, Poirier's... I guess crawfish guard, or is that what he called it? The crawfish guard? Yeah, uh, crawfish guard. Do you think that, I, I think so. I think that it invites people to throw at his head just because they think they can sneak it through as they're going or they think they're landing cleaner than they are. Yeah, I think the latter is more important because you can touch his head, but the thing is you're not touching his chin. Right. Right, you're not getting to his temple. You're not really hurting him. I mean, you can take shots off the top of your head all day, you know, especially in four-ounce gloves, the guy's as likely to break his hand as he is to, to hurt you. Um, and that elbow, that high elbow that he keeps with his right hand in the guard really deflects a lot of punches, so a lot of those blows end up being glancing. That was gorgeous. Yeah. Use that jab and just in the middle of those exchanges. Because Poirier is also doing a really good job just not even just using his power, but also just using his jab to disrupt as well. That was yeah. so ridiculous. Ugh. Yeah. Max is just... <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Max is fucking crazy. He really is. And it's kind of... Like, we had that weird fight with Frankie Edgar after this, right? 
Was it? I don't know if it was directly after this or not, but I feel like this. He had this weird fight with Frankie, I think, right afterwards. God, those right hooks. That is Poirier's best shot by a mile. Yeah, he had the Frankie Edgar fight right after this and then the Volkanovski Okay. Fights. This was also a really good round for Dustin defensively as well. Just, he did such a good job of deflecting and basically just, I don't want to say Robbie Lawlering things, but he was rolling with most of the shots, taking them on the forehead. Max didn't yeah. land as clean as, as he wanted, and that volume just didn't matter as much because Poirier then just dropped him. Yeah. So this is the end of the second round. We're in the corner right now. Max is being tended to by a team of doctors <laughs> at this point. Uh, he's definitely down two rounds to none, I would say. Uh, with, I guess you can make an argument for 10-8 first, but I don't think either of us would. No, no. But I do think it's 2018 right now. Yeah, no question. Clearly. Um, if you're going to give Max the, um, the third round, a 10-8, then you have to give a 10-8 to the first one, though. So at least that's my personal opinion. It is absurd that Max's chin not only has continued to, to hold up, but, like, the way he's just, I don't know. It, it's, this is, this should have been a life-changing fight, and it didn't. It just didn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can really pin the, the Volkanovski losses on this fight. Oh, no doubt. And then after the Calvin Cater fight, you definitely can't. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Volkanovski too, which he arguably won. Uh. Also, the third round has started. We are 15 seconds in. Poirier recovers so nicely from being gassed, though. Like, like he's visibly tired at the end, hands at his waist, and he's just back at it in round three. Yeah. Well, I don't think he gets gassed. I do think he gets tired. But those are two different things, right? Like, I think, he, I think he recognizes when he's getting tired and starts managing his energy better, um, and the, which is a very veteran thing to do, right? Uh, you know, Dominic Cruz is... Uh, <laughs> There, there's a trope, right? Like Dominic Cruz is like breathing hard into the first I two minutes that. of the first round, and and everyone's always like, "Oh, he's so tired," but he doesn't slow down. He just keeps breathing hard and moving at the same speed. Like, mm -hmm. there's a difference between being on the edge of tired and being gassed. And good, experienced fighters. That was a nice body. That's shot. a nice body shot. But Poirier landed two really nice body kicks before that too, and I really like that. Did. That like. Uh... It's not a it's not a roundhouse kick, but it's not a it's not a front kick. It's kind of like this weird angled up kick, yeah. Because at an angle, which is because of his hip, if I remember correctly. Yeah, his hip is fucked up. Uh, that, that was, was actually nice one of the gifs you used. It was. Yeah, yes. I remember that. And yep. Then he landed that weird angled front kick again. I actually used that a fair amount because I have a pretty fucked up left hip too. Yeah. I copied, but it's not good, at all but I do it because it just doesn't hurt my hip as much. Yeah. I'm a left kicker. Poirier's back is kick. absurd. Yeah. The man can do some pull-ups. <laughs> um, it's it, at this point. That was nice. That was really nice. That little, that little double slip. But again, like Poirier's. Ah, look at that. Look at that. Jab. And he's, ante he's anticipating Max's return shot so well mm -hmm. you know he's uh, 
landing his power shots and then just getting out of the way. He's not there to be hit afterwards. Now, obviously, that's not true when he's up against the fence. Right. Because um, he can't. Because he can't get away in the same way. He does seem to be a little bit more conscious of it right now. Like, he's was, at least up until now, actively trying to get back to the center. But now he's yeah. a little bit more... It's halfway through the round. He it happens as the... Yeah. yeah, as the round goes on, you'll see it more, uh, more notably in rounds four and five yep. that... He, he just gets backed up a lot more easily. I do find it interesting that Dustin's taking the uh, the inside angle mm -hmm. a lot to land his jab yep. right up the middle. So That also allows him to hook over Max's jab pretty effectively. Well, I was going to say, like, if you can explain what the benefits are to taking the inside angle to the outside angle. Because, again, the outside angle, I know that's like the classic, oh, southpaw thing. Take the outside angle and land the straight down the pipe. What's the advantage versus disadvantage of taking that inside angle? Yeah, so the the classic notion of the open stance matchup is, it, is that you want to get your foot on the outside because then your power hand... Um, and really more specifically, the shoulder of your power hand mm -hmm. is lined up with your opponent's face. Um, and he has to throw across his body to hit you with his power hand. But the reality is a lot more complicated than that. Um, yeah, it's good to have the outside angle, and it's a thing you want to try and set up. But the thing is, what you want to think about is, where is your shoulder of your punching hand in relation to your opponent's center line? So if you take the inside angle... And your uh, your lead shoulder is right between your opponent's um, uh, hands. You can launch really powerful jabs right up the middle. You can hook over their lead arm and um, and catch them with hard hooks uh, from your lead hand. So it becomes a a lead hand attack. Yeah, you don't have the the rear hand as much, but you can still land very powerful attacks, and you don't really have to worry about the hooks coming back. Um, that's the thing about the open stance matchup is you can almost, with good footwork, whether you're taking the inside or the outside angle, you can make it so that you only really have to worry about one hand at a time mm -hmm. or one leg at a time, um, which allows you to anticipate attacks and, and counter effectively. So right now we are, there are 30 seconds remaining to this fight as Dustin is kind of just aggressively pursuing a takedown, which I think he should let go of. But uh, I think he's just tired and wants to ride out the round here. That's absolutely right. Yeah, he's totally resting with um, with this double leg attempt. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, you can see he's not trying that hard to collect Max's legs. He's really just leaning into him. Yep. And he's big enough that he's able to kind of just use that weight and pressure to kind of hold yep. him there. Yeah, he's bigger, but also slightly shorter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's and he had that underhook with his right arm. It's pretty easy to just sit on max up against the wall and and not take too much uh not take too much damage so this was uh the first round that max won uh yep. mostly won it towards the like in the last couple of minutes of that fight with that massive uh those massive flurries essentially uh this was a point in the fight where i think a lot of people felt the tide was turning um so what are your thoughts going through these first three fight, these first three rounds? Tell us your thoughts when you were, I guess, first watching this fight as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think the tide was turning. I mean, I don't think that's wrong. You know, when you look at, at fights, especially great fights, they tend to have ebbs and flows for one guy versus the other. Um, and I don't think it's wrong to think that Max sees the momentum uh, in this round, you know, which, of course, leads you to the question of, well, can Poirier get it back? 
can he stall that uh, that momentum and, and take it? Um, and I think he does. Um, but it is not wrong to think that Max is building here and that Poirier is the one who now needs to answer. And I guess with the start of round four here, we will see if Poirier answers. Um, you'll see right away that Max is able to get pressured back to the fence yep. without much effort. That's kind of the problem. What I, what I do like is, uh, not a like, what, what I do see as a positive for Poirier is, one, these react doubles are actually going to, you know, give Max a second to pause. And two, that's actually a really nice job getting him down against the cage because Max is really fucking hard to take down. Now, Poirier's old offensive wrestling has been underrated for a while in general. Yeah, you know, he does a really good job of mixing up his... Um his double leg entries and his uh and his strikes especially with his shifting overhands um you saw him take down conor mcgregor like that a couple of times mm-hmm. um in their second fight he's very good at that very hard to get a read on whether he's going to punch you or shoot that's part of the reason why he was able to land a lot of the shots that he did on conor is that he was able to get him to yeah. bite on it thinking it was a takedown i think that's when he landed his first big shot on him no yep Now, personally, I don't score this kind of control very highly because he's not really doing much. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is always a question with judging is, you know, how, how strongly do they score the, the minute that Poirier had Max up against the cage and then down? I think they shouldn't, I think, but yeah, they do. I think that it's better now overall, but there's still some judges that you can kind of get lucky with if you're that kind of fighter. Yeah. An interesting facet in this fight that I've actually only noticed on this, which is probably my fourth or fifth watch, um, is that when they do clinch, Max is mostly getting the better of Oh, yeah. He is kind of mauling him in the clinch at this point. And Max is also just fucking him up now in the pocket, too. Poirier is able to to answer back, which is, I guess, preventing Max, like you said, from building his momentum too strongly. Uh, But Max is kind of really... in that sequence, Mac, Max pretty much just beat his ass yeah. for about 15 seconds. Yep. But what I do like is that when Poirier was able to get out of there and Max started following him, he still tried to disrupt that forward momentum just with one yeah. single shot, which he did. He actually forced Max to back off. And here again, the, the power differential is just so stark. It really is. It is kind of frustrating, though, right? Like, because... I think that you get people who talk about this fight in the way they're like, well, it was just the power. Max is better. But to say that is just kind of reductionist, and I don't agree with that at all. Oh, that was a nice two-body two shot. Body oh, shots but... right now oh. are just absolutely draining Poirier. Yeah, they are. Look how tired he is. I mean, that was two punches, a knee, and then two more hooks to the body. Uh, Another body yeah, shot. Yeah, it, it, is, it is reductive. You know, people... People make this mistake of thinking that that power punchers, that that's like cheating somehow, or it's somehow a an, an inelegant way to to win MMA fights or boxing fights or whatever. But the truth is that if you have power, like that's a tool you have. Well, what do you do to set it up? Right. Because there have been plenty of people with power who come up against a really technical volume striker and just get their ass kicked because they never get in position to land their big shots um yeah but if you build up your style so that 
you know you only need to land a couple shots and your style is about creating the openings to land those shots there's nothing non-technical or oh. or inelegant about that this is oh, this god is, that this left was answer i really liked the um that like he was he's, just not able to land his hooks because max was just basically crowding yeah. him and he's just like Fuck he it. knows it too that was beautiful. look how much that, looser he is yeah, that's just like last 30 seconds that's straight in oh. the middle busts him open but yeah poya i think kind of thought he might have something there with the, the collar tie but ended up just getting fucked up here yeah <laughs> I, max it was a max one-off. does out clinch him yeah that, it was that a is absolutely true well max is a bru- is honestly kind of brilliant in the clinch like like and this was kind of something that i called yeah. when he was uh, i was talking with uh, one of our patrons below um he was talking about how he's like he thinks that frankie edgar might win against max Holloway because or at least cause issues because we've never really seen max deal with that high level wrestler in the clinch or in these specific exchanges. I'm like, yeah, well, we've seen him do the right things. We know he knows how to do it and he'll be able to apply it here too. Again, well, and, and it's exactly that's a weird saying. one too, because I don't think a Frankie Edgar is like a big clinch wrestler. I mean, Frankie's more of an open space shot guy, exactly. like doubles and knee taps, which Max is perfectly fine against. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. He, just I love he tries to just darse him. He's just like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, it's like, nah, I'm just gonna, actually it might've been an anaconda, but whatever. An, I think it was like, an anaconda, I'm, but also yeah. like there was just nothing like there. Three seconds left. <laughs> like even if that was fully locked in, you did not have enough time to really do anything there. Yeah. Uh, so right now we got a two, two going into the fourth potential into the fifth. Yep. But I, I, I have the fourth. Is, absolutely. For, I have a three, one for Max. Uh, yeah. I, you, you have that round for Poirier? I think that the, the but the thing keep in mind like it's about damage and you can't argue that he didn't do more damage there. It is that's true. Um, so I personally had it three one if I remember correctly, and I think on this watch also same thing like that that knee up the middle and then the follow up yeah. strikes after that were just absolutely destructive. And Max even tried to like play it off, but you could see in the corner the way he's sitting, he is hurting bad. Yeah, he is. And Poirier, I would say, is more tired than hurt. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Matt Brown, man. It's kind of crazy. He had a pretty damn good career as a fighter, but to he did. become such a good coach afterwards, not as many, not, 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 yeah, Poirier is totally fine. Like, you could see that. Max is crazy, though. Max <laughs> is absolutely crazy we're about to start round five and max is smiling and poirier is like laughing along with him these two absolute lunatics putting on a fight for the ages fifth round arguably 2-2 man what frustrates me about poirier in this fight is just how he got kind of suckered into a fight that he shouldn't have I don't know about that. I, I I think this fight was always gonna look like this. I kind of think this was the best possible version of this fight, to be honest. I would have liked because what was Dustin that. gonna do? I mean, was he more gonna kicks. keep up with Max on volume? No, I would say more kicks. Uh, honestly, that's that's the only real con- like issue I have with his performance is that every time he was kicking, he was being he was successful with it, um, kicking the legs, kicking the body, and he just stopped. Yeah, like Max. If you watch Max fight, he is incredibly kickable oh, yeah, gorgeous he is counterlight. that's absolutely true um though it's worth noting too that you know you talk about poirier being on the edge of fatigue on the edge of gassing for long periods of time throwing a kick is so much more draining than throwing a punch 
fair, but would Max have been as mobile if Poria kept up those leg kicks that he was absolutely just crushing Max with in the first round? Well, so part of that, I think, was dependent upon Max's stance, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he could kick him there when they're in the close stance. When Max switches into southpaw, he could throw the, the power low kick. I mean, I, I'm a southpaw, and I know that when uh, orthodox guys do the little skipping outside leg kick to my lead leg, it just doesn't hurt that bad. Well, I mean, the uh, thing is, is that the first leg kick that he landed was actually just brutal because he threw it off combination as Max was backing up, and he basically kicked his leg out. He did. I mean, he was hurting him, but again, when I think when Max is an orthodox, unless he wanted to go to the back leg mm -hmm. with his left, I, I just don't know that it's really going to slow Max down all that much. It could throw him out of stance. I mean, it might sure. not be a bad idea for him to throw more calf kicks here. Right. Um, well, I think Max, I think he would now. I think Dustin, if they, yeah. like, I think that's an adjustment that we would see Dustin make. I don't think he'd want to be in these exchanges as much as he is right now. Um, God damn. I love how he closes the doors with those right hooks. He'll yeah. double it up. Like, <sighs> Dustin definitely caught a second win for this round, though. And he's backing up Max a lot more this round, too. He is. That's absolutely right. Which was the fight's deep. taking place much more in the center of the cage. Well, I think I think the problem is Max is just getting so badly hurt on these entries that he, he kind of had to yeah. back off a drop. Like, he's keenly aware that if he gets hurt badly, he knows he'll lose. So he kind of has yeah. to play that razor's edge, walk along that razor's edge of, like, keeping the volume up and pressure up, but also not getting too out of position to get clocked badly. Yeah. Max played a lot of hand, lead hand games, like patting down mm -hmm. Corey's lead hand in this fight and then going for stuff. And it worked pretty well initially, especially in like the, the second and third round. Mm -hmm. Dustin becomes pretty hip to it though, uh, by this point where generally when Max is tapping his hand, mm -hmm. he's letting that right elbow float up into that, that high, that crawfish guard of his. Yeah. Um, so that the follow-up shots are not landing. And he was doing a better job also of playing off of that to, to land his left straight because he knew that yep. Max was in range the second he was playing around with that hand too, which he started landing with more frequency as the fight went on. Yep. Because in the beginning of the fight, it was, uh, while he did land, obviously, that straight left was the first shot he actually hurt Max with. He was using the right hook a lot more. Oh, yeah. Well, again, you know, as I said earlier, that that is his best punch. Of course. Um, without a doubt, uh, both in terms of, of power and also timing. Yeah. Isn't that what he uh, rocked McGregor with in the second fight? That's what he. That's what he functionally finished yeah. McGregor with. Was a was a check hook. McGregor not so good um, against Southpaw. Can't land that left as easily. Oh, you got to set it up very differently, and it's hard as a Southpaw. You know, being a Southpaw myself, like you get really good at fighting Orthodox fighters. Um, then you fight another Southpaw, and everything's coming from different angles, weird angles, and. Mm -hmm. um, you know, unless you're, you just have a lot of experience with it, it's it's very different. Man, 20 seconds left to the second greatest fight of all time. <laughs> and Dustin is actually doing a really smart thing here by just controlling Max. Yeah, Because I he think is. he actually felt like he won this fight. Yeah. Um, and I don't blame him. He definitely won this round. I don't think there's really any yeah. argument for him losing this round. No, and that's... I, I think when I first watched it, and, and now as well, um, I scored it. One two five for Poirier. 
Yeah, this I scored it four to one, um, and I stand. I think I stand by that on this. On this. Yeah, I think two of the judges did. Is one at least one, uh, if not two of the judges had it had the same score because there was at least one uh, 49-46 scorecard. I believe that there was two judges that scored at forty nine forty six. Two had it. Yeah. Um, it's a totally reasonable score. Yeah, I don't think anybody argued that. I think that the there were some people arguing that Poirier lost that fight, which I that I just don't really see an argument for. That's a hard one. I I don't I don't see it. I mean, it is true that Max outlanded him, but I mean, just the the difference in in damage done, the quality of the shots, it's you, you just can't say that. I oh. mean, numbers alone. This is why statistics are so um, so deceptive. Also, it was in, uh, in MMA. across the board. It was forty nine forty six. Oh, was it? Yeah. One. Now, now, did they score the same rounds? Yeah. The, yeah. They all gave Max round three, which we both agreed on as well. Yeah. Uh, all of them gave round four to Poirier. So the yeah. media scores had five scorecards for Poirier forty nine forty six. Four. Five media scored at 48-46, so they gave it 10-8 for that first round for Poirier and then three rounds to uh, yeah. Max. Huh. And then you had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 scores of 48-47, and then one guy yeah. gave it to Max Holloway. I, I just don't see where you would get three rounds for Max in this fight. And there are some, some names that I actually... M- Mookie Alexander gave it a 48-47. Yeah. Uh, Nick Baldwin gave it 48-47. Dane Fox gave it 48-46. Sean Sheehan gave it 48-46. A um, couple other people that I know who gave it yeah. 49-46. But uh, this fight was just unreal. Matt Dustin saying, I want my belt. I think he knows. He knows he won this fight. Yeah. I don't want to say Max. I- I'm curious if Max really thought he won this fight. I mean, he looks like a guy who's more hopeful than uh, than convinced. Yeah, I was gonna say, my God, Dustin is a literal fucking cube. <laughs> he's not like he has no V yeah. taper. It's just he's he's a he's a wide boy. He's so wide. There's no V taper. It's just yeah, square. Now nah, he's got SpongeBob body. Yeah, Max wasn't even that. Like you could tell, Max knew. Yeah, he did. And you have this big bald bitch behind him being a fucking white you ready for a third fight like because i honestly as much as i know that it would be like years off each other's lives i'm down you know i think with where both guys are in their career i would have no problem with it because i think it's going to be pretty difficult for holloway to get back to the title mm-hmm. um, with, you know, where the division's at right now. And I think that Dustin's been pretty clear about not wanting to chase the title. So, you know, let's say he beats McGregor uh, in, in their third fight. What's going to happen then? Is he going to go fight Charles Oliveira? Is he going to fight Michael Chandler to or Justin Gaethje again to try and get to Charles Oliveira? Like, ah. I kind of think not. Um, I mean, if he, so if this he would McGregor, be he'll get the title fight against Oliveira. Yeah, I think he. I think he would. But I don't know if he wants um, it. It's just not a great matchup for him stylistically. 
Yeah, it's really not. Um, you know, as much as I like Dustin Poirier, I would probably pick Oliveira in that fight. Oh, yeah. I'd have to think about it a little bit more, but I, I think I would lean Oliveira. I'm just not sure that Dustin could really stop his takedowns. That's the problem. Yeah, and, you know, Dustin has the... Uh, he has the dangerous tendency of all good submission grab many well many good submission grapplers in, in MMA, which is if you take me down, I'm just gonna go for subs. I'm not you know I'm not really gonna. He will uh, definitely pull guard and guillotine. Yeah. Oh yeah, he will. Um, and he'll be the first one to get it. It'll be his first one. <laughs> Four thousand attempts later, and he finally fucking gets it because he watched uh, my video with Gene. Yeah. I don't think Dustin Poirier is going to guillotine uh, Charles Oliveira. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's much more likely Charles, Charles Oliveira would hurt and guillotine Dustin Poirier. Um, I don't think Dustin would shoot on him no matter how hurt he is. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Dustin likes to shoot. He shoots in every fight. Yeah, but I think against Oliveira, he would kind of not. <sighs> maybe. Maybe. I think he'd be acutely. I don't think he'd pull a McGregor. McGregor would shoot. I think McGregor would 100 percent shoot on Oliveira uh, if he was hurt. I also kind of want to see Oliveira versus McGregor. Um, I think there's a strong chance McGregor wins that fight. I actually. think there is, but outside the first round, the, the first like seven minutes, there isn't. Yeah, um, that's probably true. Um, it's just one of those situations where. I, I think lightweight, no matter what, even if it's not actually the deepest division, kind of has the best matchups and for the most part. Yeah, lightweight's pretty fun right now. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. I think bantamweight's probably still my favorite division, but lightweight's very interesting right now. I mean, what, what, what do we got? We got Chandler, Oliveira, Poirier, Gagey. Uh, Connor, I guess. <laughs> um, Max, if he's ever bored. Who else? Uh, well, you got your Gregor Gillespie. Oh, yeah, uh, and Benny Darius. Down there a little low. Yep, long back Benny. Paul Felder's always fun. If he decides yeah, to fight. Yeah, if he, I was going to say, if he actually fights. Um, Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are some narratives of lightweight. Um, I'll tell you, actually, something I'm really interested in after this last week is uh, to see if Edson Barboza uh, can make a real run at featherweight. Um, Edson making a real run at featherweight would be really nice to see. Um, his life and death fight with Shane Burgos kind of makes me think not so much, though. He probably I don't know. Josh he's, Emmett, though. He has so much more confidence in his in his power. He's harder to push back. Um, you know, being the the bigger guy uh, at that weight class uh, compared to how he was a lightweight. Uh, I mean, he's still got a lot of the same stylistic flaws, but um, I don't know. I, I think I think Barboza is interesting at featherweight. But anyway, um, to wrap up on this one, you know, I think that uh, this absolutely deserves to be. Uh, where it's at as one of the greatest fights of all time. Um, you know, I think that unlike 
some of the great fights from the early days of MMA, I don't think this one's likely to get eclipsed by uh, increases in kind of general technical skill of, uh, of the fighters as time goes on. Um, you know, I think this fight will, will stand up and that when we look back on it 30 years from now, we'll still think that these guys were fucking amazing fighters and this is a fantastic scrap. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this was just a, a great confluence of, of styles and uh, attitudes about, you know, how to approach a fight and, and how to win. And, um, you know, you, you just you just get that, that magical alchemy from time to time. And uh, this was absolutely a fight where that happened. It's, uh, you summed it up beautifully, honestly. Like, this is just, this fight was what encapsulates everything that makes this sport so special despite all the bullshit surrounding it um two guys with just unbreakable wills um the momentum shifts the the in-fight adjustments they were making the game plans they that they came in with and the adjustments they had to make in real time bringing themselves multiple times back from basically just giving in it was just it's the best it's it's such a fucking amazing fight and you know it's it 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 takes a lot out of these fighters to to put on these kinds of performances so every time they do it's something special and should be celebrated and yeah that's what we're doing here yeah you know there's always that uh that 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 inner ethical conflict that any fight fan should have about whether or not what they're what they're watching and enjoying is really above board or not because you know a fight like this really does it it can take years off the life of these guys and, and certainly permanently damage their uh, their quality of life. I, I don't think that happened in this fight. I hope it didn't. Um, but you can never know, you know, until many years down the line. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's hard to think of a, of a better expression of, of will and determination and, and human spirit than uh, two guys putting on a performance like that, neither one of which ever came even close to mentally breaking uh you know throughout the whole fight like there was there was just no question that that they were both going to do everything they could um until either the final bell rang or until one of them was uh, separated from consciousness i think with that we're good so uh, all right well thank you very much ben uh thank you you, fight site patrons for uh for hanging with us on this and and i hope you enjoyed this and enjoy the rest of the series Have a good evening, everyone. Have a good night.